0: Hey, how many of you got to celebrate Valentine's Day this year? Come on, like a, a true Valentine's Day relationship in the house? Yeah, go ahead. Raise your hand high. You're, you can be proud. You can be, oh, okay. Uh, how many of you celebrated Singles Awareness Day uh, last week? Come on, praise God. Uh, we. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, man, Valentine's always, uh, this time of the year, February, it, you know, Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know why I threw that in there, but whatever. Uh, It just brings about all the relationship talks and the feels and everything to do. When you walk in Walmart, it's like pink threw up everywhere. It's like, what happened in Walmart? Uh, There's candy hearts everywhere. It's just, you cannot escape it. So regardless of where you are in relationship, whether you find yourself in one or you're single, uh, you're almost through, so it's okay. Uh, Normal months come, and March is coming, spring is here, the weather was incredible today, and so uh, we are jumping into the Word today. We're going to be talking about relationships, and specifically about dating. And so, if you find yourself in a relationship, or wanting a relationship, uh, we're going to talk through very practically today, dating, uh, just some tips, some help for you to navigate uh, your everyday relationship some boundaries. We're going to talk through some of those. I want you to imagine today, me and you and my wife, if you're a lady, of course, uh, are sitting down and we're having a conversation one-on-one about relationships, what it looks like. I want the Lord, we're going to pray here in just a second. I want the Lord to to deposit into you, uh, we're going to be talking about convictions today and how important it is to, to know what you value, to know what you cling to, to know what you're going to honor before you get into a relationship and start feeling any sort of way. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like when you get in the middle of the moment, you're going to need to know, where do I stand before this moment? And so regardless of what that may be, so we're going to talk through that. But 1 Corinthians 16:13 says this. Are y'all ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. Is it up there? There with me? You're going to see it. Come on. It says, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping. As we talk about dating relationships, a lot of times when, when you're in the church and they start talking about things to do and not to do, what I don't want you to hear from me tonight is the things that you should not do if you've messed up, it's too bad. You've already done it. There's grace for you, like we sang about. The blood of Christ has made you clean. He has made you righteous in His eyes. What He wants is for us to choose to walk holy in His name. Proverbs talks about, it, it, it is... Uh, for he asked us to live holy, not impure lives. And that's where I want us to land today. So what is convictions at the simplest level? It is a strong belief or an opinion that I gather about my life. So whatever you believe or whatever you have a strong opinion about, you're going to hold fast to those things. And as we dive into relationships, I'm just asking that God would speak to each one of us about what those are for us. And I'm going to talk through some of those here in a minute. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that comes with it. I thank you for uh, how funny you are in your word, the humor that you bring, but also the truth that you bring. I thank you for your grace in moments where we mess it up and we don't hit the mark. And Lord, I thank you for the hope that you have in your word and what you point us to and the life that we get to have in you. And Lord, I just pray over every single relationship right now. Lord, as we find ourselves single dating, hoping to be dating Uh, Those of us who find ourselves in a serious relationship, maybe looking at engagement, Lord, wherever we may be, Lord, I pray that you you help us develop some convictions in our life tonight. And Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we just want to live for you. We want to honor your word, we want to be with you, and in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Everybody said in the house, amen, amen. amen. So really what I want to start this with, and I didn't plan on saying this, but if we're not seeking God through his word, or seeking accountability in our life with our relationships, we're, we're going to feel as though when we get into these moments, where we're when we're faced with, do I go this route or do I not? In whatever way it is, it's going to seem religious. It's going to seem legalistic. If we're not seeking the Lord, remaining, like John 15 says, remaining in Christ, it says that's how we produce fruit, as we stay connected to the vine. If we're not remaining in Christ, everything that we choose to do, rules, uh, things that we set up in our life, convictions that we cling to are ultimately going to feel like work. The only way it does not, if we have relationship with Christ. As we remain in Christ and build that relationship, he will help move us towards a godly, holy, pure relationship with other people. So as we talk through convictions uh, I want you to be taking notes, because the Holy Spirit may drop a nugget in your mind. He may be like, oh, I need this conviction in my life. It may not even be relationship related. We're going to talk through some of those here in a moment. But for us, I'm just going to lay out some convictions that we've had outside of relationships to set the tone. So when we got out of college, when we first got married, we realized we are in a lot of debt because of Emily's school. Okay. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. We, we both carried a lot of school debt into our marriage and we realized we could either, we had friends in our life who were mid forties, still paying on student loans. And we decided we are not going to be those people, not because we're better than them, but we just know what it does when we are free of debt. It even says in Proverbs 22, seven, it says the borrower is slave to the lender. There is something that happens in us when we are in debt to someone else. It changes the way we see life. It changes the decisions that we make. So we chose, we're going to have a conviction. We're going to fight to be debt-free. That may not always be the case, but we're going to fight to be debt-free. Another one is in our relationships. We chose, while dating and even in our marriage relationship now, that we're going to have mentors and people that can speak into our life. Because it's one thing for, for her mentor to speak to her and say, hey, I think you're being a little irrational with your husband. It's one thing for my mentor to say, hey, you need to be serving her more than you are right now. But if my wife comes and says that, I'd be like, did you not remember this, 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 and this I did last week? You know, It's just different when someone else speaks into your life. So we decided we're going to have people who can speak into our relationship, into our life, into our relationship with the Lord. Another one is tithe. We chose, before we got married, and we knew that we would tithe. We would be people not only because God's word says it, but because of what it postures, our, the position it puts us in. It puts us in this position of surrender to the Lord. And there's an argument, New Testament, does it say you give to the church? Does it? And for us, we have chosen a conviction that we're going to give to the church that pours into us, into our life, who invests into me and my wife and my family. We're going to give to that church because the Bible says and because it makes me in a posture of, Lord, you are in control of my life. You are my provider, and you are who is in control of my life. And another one, lastly, is alcohol. Everybody say, uh-oh. <laughs> is he going to talk about that tonight? Where, where we stand is we don't mind to have a drink. Uh, we are not opposed to you, if you're 21, having a drink of alcohol. And we, you may even find a bottle of wine in our house. But our conviction is we're not going to drink in public. Because of our role at the church. Because of our influence in people's lives. We're not going to go out and have a drink with any of you. Not because we don't like you. As much as other people. But because we have influence. And also if I go out and drink with you. And you've got a problem with alcohol. I'm affirming the problem you have with alcohol. So my conviction is. I'm just not going to do it. And does it have anything to do with I don't like it? No. It has everything to do with how it's perceived. And what the Lord's word says. So I'm aiming to be above the bar. I'm aiming to be pure. And as we look at our relationships, I'm going to ask us as young people who are finding out more about our faith, who are on our own, who are developing these disciplines and convictions in our life, when it comes to relationships, what will we stand for? What are we going to value in us, in our relationship with God, before we get to the point of, I feel for that girl right there. Ooh. Or, He's cute. Like, I need to give him some more time. What are we going to value before those moments? We need to know that now. If you agree, say amen. amen. They're going to have a question up here that I. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I wish y'all could have said, seen... do y'all have the other slide that was terrible? Or is this the same one? Okay. When I sent this to them, this had like eight commas. And those of you English majors in the room, y'all would have been like, I'm leaving this church. This is terrible. But this question is, what convictions will you hold to before, during, and after your dating relationships? The convictions that we set tonight, the convictions that you wrestle with with God in the coming weeks, are not only for the current relationship, are not only for this season of life. What I want us to do is explore God's Word. Ask mentors what these look like. What, did, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? And let's decide some of these things. So I'm going to give you some very practical uh, convictions, give you some details, help paint the picture for you and then what I want to do is take about 4 or so minutes and I want us to ask the Lord. Lord, is there anything you want me to put in place now? Is there anything that you want me to focus on? Maybe I need to restructure some of the things happening in my current relationship. Whatever it may be, I want to give us a few minutes to reflect on what God wants to wants to speak to us right now. So, first is one of the convictions that you could set is I will put God first. I will put God first. And those who have been in, I'm just going to be honest with you, in our stage of life right now, that's, that's very difficult. Not because of our relationship, but because of having a kid and the pace at which we live. And many of you can relate to that. You, if you're more busy, if you've added something into your life, maybe a job, maybe a relationship, it gets harder and harder to make sure God is number one in your life in every single area. But we want a conviction of, hey, we're going to put God first above anything that we do, especially relationships. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in everything you do, put God, what? Put God first and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. If your identity is not in Jesus, you will try to find it in someone else. And our will, our identity, if not found in Christ, will constantly be combated with other people, other things, if it's not found and rooted in Christ. So if you constantly find yourself leaning towards relationships, I need a relationships. I I need someone to be with. That may mean that God may not be first in your life. When Emily and I started dating, I'm just going to be very practical and honest and open with you. We started dating and and the goal of it was very fun. And So I'm just going to lay out some, some things that we did to hopefully paint a picture for what it may be fruitful for you. We chose to have fun. We went on dates. So I prayed for her on my own time. We didn't pray together a lot of times. We, uh, I prayed for God's wisdom in leading our relationship. I prayed uh, if she was my wife. These are all things that I prayed for. These are all good things, but I put God first, but I didn't include her in all of these God moments. We didn't uh, we also talked about ministry. We talked about Life Group. We, she was involved in SOS and Life Group on campus, and, or Life Group, SOS on campus. There were a lot of things she was doing, and so yes, we talked about God. If you love Jesus, he should be a part of your conversations. But he shouldn't be all of your conversations. You're trying to get to know this, bro. <laughs> you need to know something about him, too. We did not do daily devos and pray together and attend each other's life groups and read books and disciple each other. Like, we had that in our own relationships. Have fun. The goal of relationships, have fun. Keep it simple. Stay pure. Have fun. Keep it simple. Stay pure. Another one is, I will move slow. I will move slow. If you're not taking notes, I would encourage you to take notes just because if you're not... In this place yet, you may find yourself there and you may want to look back on these. I will move slow. First Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love is patient. I feel like this was the hardest for me in our relationship. I I moved very quickly at the very beginning because I liked her a lot. I ended up taking her on the first date and a couple days later we was on the second date. And a couple of days later I took her to my uh, college baseball field, C B C and I tried to make out. Like that that's pretty fast. Within the first week, all those things happened. And we had to pump the brakes. She had to say, hey, this is, this is moving a little quick. And if you're in that place, it's okay. But one of you needs to know, what are we going to value? What is, what is going to bring health? What is good for our relationship? Before we get into it so that you can say, okay, I, that's a little quick. <laughs> I'm pressing the gas a little too hard. But if we've made mistakes, that's fine. The Lord's just asking, hey, will you try to get this right? Will you try to honor me in everything that you do in your relationships? But how do we be slow? It's kind of vague. How do we know what to do? I'm going to give you a couple of things just really quick. I'm going to spitfire these. Be slow to spend all your time with them. Be slow to spend all your time with them. And some of you, this is decided for you because you may be long distance. You may not see them, but on the weekends, maybe when you go home. But for those of you who date somebody in town, uh, this is something you're gonna need to work on. How many of you have seen those couples that you're bros with them, you hang out, maybe girls, y'all do the same thing, I don't really know, never been there. But bros get a girlfriend and they're like, gone. Like, I, I don't even see them at like B-dubs ever. Like, I, I don't, Don's lunch, I, they're gone from everything we used to be at. And then a couple months later, they start coming back around and you know exactly what happened. What happened? They broke, they broke up. up. Why? Because they gave all their time to the, to the other person. And what that does is it it robs us of relationships that we ultimately need who have been good for us and helped us grow in the things of God. And really, we've put our place in a very vulnerable position because now we're without our support. The Bible, God has designed us to crave relationships. So yes, we want to be with somebody else, but also we need people who are going to speak into us and are consistent even as we try to figure this relationship thing out. Imagine giving all your time. Let's say it worked out. You gave all your time to the girl or guy that you're with. You end up getting married. It worked out great. Nobody's ever seen you, but it worked out great. They're like, are they still around? Where did they move? Uh, and, then you sh- and then you show up and you're like, be my bridesmaid. And they're like, huh? I'm like, Where you been? And then they get married and then you're two, two months into marriage and the honeymoon phase is wearing off. And you're like, we used to have so many friends. I mean, these are real conversations that we have. We used to have some, what happened? And it all started when you began to date, you gave all of your time to the other person and neglected the relationships that have been with you for years. Some of us, since we were young, don't give your time, don't give all your time to them. Be slow to say I love you. I'm not gonna camp on this long. This is smart for so many reasons. Uh, Guys say I love you because we love where this moment is right now and we want to make out. <laughs> girls say I love you because we're like hoping the future's coming and I'm starting to pick out baby names. Like that's, that's the difference in I love you between a girl and a guy. It's, it's just real. Guys, we can use it to manipulate. We can use it to speed up and get exactly what we want. And girls, you can bring a lot of confidence to yourself and a lot of pressure to the relationship if we start slinging around I love you, I love, let's be slow to say, I love you. Be slow to talk about marriage. Be slow to talk about marriage. Anytime you start dreaming about the future together, it puts the relationship in a pressure applied place. And what was simple, what was easy, what was fun, what was getting to know now becomes, oh, there's weight to this. And at some point that's good. At some point, that's needed. But be slow to talk about marriage. Be slow to use the God card. We, we talk to so many people about, uh, if you don't like them, just tell them. Like, that's it. Like, just be honest with them. You know what I mean? Like, if you ain't got to throw God out there and be like, oh, he's just leading me in another direction. I just, oh, the Lord's been moving in me. I've been growing a lot. And just, I need, I need some me time. Like, just say, it ain't working out. Yeah. Just be 100% real. Like, I know that's hard. But walk up to them, say, I've enjoyed our time together. It's been great, but I just don't see this relationship going anywhere. That could do a lot of us a lot of good. (laughs) And then the other people aren't mad at God for speaking to them something different than they spoke to Like, there's just a lot of things that get wrapped up in using the God card. So let's be slow to do that. Another one is I will set boundaries. Another conviction. I will set boundaries. And I just want to be honest right now. Guys, this is your job to initiate. Guys, if you're in the relationship, you need to bring about the conversation. Hey, these are going to be some things that we need to focus on and think about. These are some things we need to set in in place. And if these are ever compromised, we need to revisit. And guys, if you're at a point in your relationship where those should be happening and they're not, I would encourage you to do it right now. Maybe not like right now, but like you get what I'm saying. John 10.10, it says, for my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. When you think of boundaries, God ultimately, all throughout Scripture, if you look at the book of Genesis, what did God say? He said, you can eat of any tree in the garden but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you look at the tabernacle, there were places that the regular people could go, but there was one specific person allowed into the Holy of Holies. All throughout Scripture, there are things that God puts parameters on because He knows our limits and what's good for us. And He says, hey, if you'll stay within these, I have a rich and satisfying life for you. But if you'll work within these boundaries... What boundaries will we set? Emotional. I'm going to challenge you just with a few things. Your boyfriend or girlfriend shouldn't be your accountability partner. Mm -hmm. If you're telling people you ain't told any of your other friends to your girlfriend or boyfriend, that's the issue. Mm -hmm. You should wait to tell them your sin struggle. Hold off on introducing them to your family. Maybe don't talk about marriage or kids for the first three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) How seen see if y'all still here. <laughs> Talking on the family topic, I know that's a really tough one because a lot of you are really close to your family. The goal is not to keep them from knowing your family. The goal is three months in, you met their family, they take Christmas photos, you don't appear on the Christmas card and you actually stop dating the week before Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to be for sure you're a part of the family when you meet the family. Like you want to be confident that this thing could be really going somewhere and not just like, I'm with them this week, like, what's up, Ma? Like, we need to have some confidence in, and, and pride in, I'm going to take this person home to meet my family. Like, this, this should be a step that is, that, that is taken not taken for granted, but we're going to value you, who I'm dating, by, hey, I'm going to let you meet my family. That brings some honor to the relationship. Uh, emotional boundaries, physical boundaries. Oh, hold on, I'm already out of time physical boundaries, alone time. I've never seen people heavy petting at Starbucks. Like y'all know what I'm talking about. Like just getting real physical at Starbucks, sitting at the, at the, at the table, drinking a coffee. I know all too many people getting too physical in their bedroom late at night watching The Notebook. Like we just, we, we gotta make some smart decisions. What what disciplines, what convictions do you have? What boundaries will you set when it comes to you being alone with them? There was a point in our relationship, it got to the point in our engagement that we didn't even kiss. We didn't go to each other's houses. We didn't even, I, don't even, I think we drove separate to everything we did. It wasn't that extreme, but we got to the point where we knew the goal was purity. The goal was to not have sex before we were married. And we were getting really close and we had to tighten up on those reins. For some of you, you keep not wanting to go to this place and you know exactly what leads there. And you're not willing to say, I won't cross this line. Because I know it, it gets really bad after this place. What physical boundaries will you set? Think about late nights. Think about sleeping arrangements. And then spiritual boundaries. This is a big one because I feel like in our culture today, it's good if we're having spiritual conversation with those who we date. And I'm not saying for every relationship this, can, this is unhealthy. I believe there's a healthy, uh, healthy amount of God conversations that happen during dating relationships. Like, for instance, we would talk all the time about, hey, what's God doing in your life group? Uh, how did you like service tonight? When we would be on our way to bowling, we'd be like, hey, uh, man, service was good. What did you learn? Like, we would have conversations like that. But what we did not do was dig, dig deep into Bible study and devos and discipleship books we weren't going through the purple book together, trying to hash out what God's sin plan was for my, like the redemptive work that He's doing in me, my family bondage, my past. Like, there's so many things that God ends up doing as He heals us and brings us on this restoration journey that maybe our dating relationship isn't the best place for this. Several times I talked to Amir right before this. I was like, Amir, I need some help. I'm trying to figure out how to best communicate my heart on this, but the amount of conversations or the people that we see that the guy comes into church with his girlfriend and then when they break up, he never comes back. One, because the relationship was totally dependent on her faith, but also there's, there's something that happens as we continue to seek the Lord on our own. And when marriage is what unites us, it's not dating. So when we get married, we become one and we are now unified as one in the eyes of God. As we date, as we figure this thing out, we are still our individual person. And so what I'm not saying, and do not hear me say, that you should not be having God conversations. I would ask, Lord, are these conversations that I should be having with my girlfriend or my boyfriend? Ask those questions. Have a mentor in your life, and they're going to help you. And then lastly is exactly that. I will seek help. The last conviction. I will seek help. Proverbs 15, says, Plans la- fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. If we don't have people willing to speak to our life, if you don't have someone that you can ask real questions to, or you can come to them and say, Hey, I was at my girlfriend's house last night and we made some mistakes. I need to, I need to repent of those right now. I feel, I feel bad about this. Or if you're saying, hey, we had some conversations that we shouldn't have had. It crossed the line here. Or, hey, I'm thinking of asking this girl out. What do I do? What should I do? What if she says no? I'm so nervous. Like, have somebody in your corner that can walk through those moments with you. It's okay to not know how to do it. I feel like in our culture, we have to have it all together before we even take the step. It's okay to not have it together when we start taking those steps. But like I said at the beginning, if we continue seeking Jesus, if we continue building that relationship with him, it's going to move us and we're going to want to live our relationships pure, simple, fun, and choose Jesus in the middle of situations maybe where our flesh and our spirit are battling. Because that's reality, As we try to love somebody and learn them and grow together and seek who our spouse is for the rest of our life. There are going to be moments where you're attracted. There are going to be moments where you're in the the heat of it. But what is going to be important is, Lord, I value your word. I value my relationship with you. I value the things that you helped me set in stone before this relationship. And I choose you first. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put my convictions because I know they bring life. I'm going to put these things in place because I know there's fruit in them. So we're going to take a moment here and just pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what are some convictions? What are things you want me to adopt right now? What are some things I need to, to set in place? What are some things that maybe I need to shift up in my current relationship? But there's a story that Pastor Rick says every now and then that there was this older couple. And they've been married 35, 40 years. And their kids were grown and had their own kids. And the wife ended up passing away. And they went to the funeral and all the kids were there and they were watching their dad just weep because he had lost his bride. And the days keep moving forward and every single day they would load up with their dad and go to the grave. And he would sit there and weep sunshine or rain, sunshine or rain. And then one day they were sitting in their living room and their dad says this phrase, it happened how I wanted it to happen. And they were puzzled and questioning, God, what, or, or dad, what do you, what do you mean? And he said, I never wanted her to feel the pain that I feel right now. And what that is, is that's built on a life of conviction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve my wife. I'm gonna lay my life down for her like I saw Christ do for me. And I'm gonna choose that in every situation, whether it's good for me or bad for me, I'm gonna choose to serve her. I'm gonna choose to lay my life down. The things that I want, aren't necessarily what's going to take precedent. But, but first, I'm going to serve and love my wife the only way I know how, by laying my life down. And it got to a point where he had to be okay with losing his wife because he knew he didn't want her to feel the pain that he felt in that moment. Tonight, as we look at that story and look at our own life, what convictions will we hold tight to regardless of where we are, single, dating, engaged? Convictions don't stop with marriage. Every day we get a chance to cling to, or let go of, the convictions in our life. As simple or as hard as they may be, but what convictions does God want us to establish? What what boundaries? What things in our relationships does God want to speak over us? So I just want to pray right now, and open up the floor for God to speak for just a few minutes, and then we're going to go back into.